How will the CHIP program be changed by the Affordable Care Act? And how does CHIP influence health outcomes? From the University of Chicago's Harris School of Public Policy, this is Chicago Policy Radio. I'm your host, Thomas Day. Today we're talking with Dr. Genevieve Kenny about CHIP and the Affordable Care Act. Dr. Genevieve Kinney, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. So what is CHIP? Who uses it and how does it work? CHIP is the Children's Health Insurance Program. It's a publicly financed program that was created in 1997 to address uh, the uninsurance problem among kids whose family incomes were too high to qualify for Medicaid but too low to afford employer-sponsored coverage. Uh, it serves uh, about 5 uh, million children on any given day, maybe 7 million kids over the course of a year across the country. There are CHIP programs in every state, and uh, CHIP is jointly run and financed by the state and the federal government. And the programs in terms of their benefits, their cost sharing, their service delivery systems do vary from state to state. Um, the kids who are targeted are kids with incomes between 100% of the federal poverty level and in some states all the way up to 400% of the federal poverty level. New York has expanded eligibility to that income level to address um, affordability for uh, kids whose families are uh, living in high cost of living areas. Um, it serves a mix of kids in terms of race, ethnicity, and health needs. Um, so it's, um, if you picture kind of what the profile of low-income kids in this country, CHIP uh, kind of reflects that uh, in terms of um, the race, ethnic, age profile. So let's talk about the health care reform bill that was passed last year. What in the Affordable Care Act is currently in effect for covering children and how might this change in 2014? So the Affordable Care Act um, has a number of important provisions aimed at increasing insurance coverage in this country, but the centerpiece um, and the major provisions that will affect coverage don't go into effect until January 1st, 2014. But there were some smaller changes that were introduced uh, beginning in 2010, um, and the one that got some attention in the press uh, was a requirement um, or actually a prohibition on non-group health plans um, from preventing uh, or, or from denying coverage to kids who have pre-existing health problems, which sounds like a very laudable policy, but doesn't really work well without all the other health uh, insurance reforms that are going to be slated to be implemented in 2014. And in fact, last year, um, a number of insurers um, publicly stated uh, their intention to stop offering child-only policies in light of this policy for fear that they would attract really high-needs kids um, and that there would be a really uh, big um, difficulty for them um, in covering them. They worked out, um, uh, worked with the federal government to establish some ground rules uh, where there was an open enrollment throughout the whole year, but that provision really hasn't had much of an impact, is my guess. Um, the other provision that's gotten some attention 
uh, doesn't affect kids per se, but affects kids as they enter adulthood, is um, the provision that allows parents to cover um, as dependents um, on their plans uh, young adults up to age 26, whether or not they're full-time students or whether or not they're living at home. And actually, we're already seeing um, some signs that that might be reducing on insurance in that age group, which is the highest, which is the group, age group that has the highest uninsured rates. So what are the implications of the Affordable Care Act for Medicaid and, and CHIP coverage for children? So, as you probably know, Medicaid and CHIP coverage for children is very expansive um, what, and has been predating the Affordable Care Act. The median um, state covers kids up to 240 percent of the federal poverty level, um, and um, that is substantially higher than the new eligibility threshold that's established for adults in the Affordable Care Act, which is 138 percent of the federal poverty level. So the Affordable Care Act doesn't really do much to explicitly change coverage for kids through Medicaid and CHIP. But that said, um, it will involve um, kids with incomes between 100 and 138 percent of the federal poverty level to shift from CHIP to Medicaid in some states uh, uh, in the 6 to 18 age group. Um, and uh, the Affordable Care Act kind of left the question of what's going to happen to CHIP up, open. Um, it extended federal funding for CHIP through federal year, uh, fiscal year 2015, uh, but beyond that uh, didn't increase uh, federal funding. Um, at the same time, the Affordable Care Act includes uh, what we call a maintenance of effort that requires that states keep maintaining their Medicaid and CHIP programs for kids through 2019, uh, but those two provisions uh, could be at odds if the federal government doesn't um, step up and increase uh, the federal allotments to CHIP. So I think the future of CHIP is, is really a question mark. Your own opinion, what do you think the expansion of CHIP uh, will do to improve health outcomes in the United States? So the expansion of Medicaid, I think, um, could make a, a big difference in low-income folks' lives. Um, both in children's lives and in their parents' lives and in other adults. There's recent evidence from a Medicaid expansion uh, in Oregon that surprised people um, to the extent that uh, it was really a methodologically sound study, a randomized experiment, and the researchers documented what we expect to see increases in service use uh, for those who got coverage, but really dramatic um, uh, declines in financial burdens associated with meeting health care needs, and that's a real issue for low-income folks, um, and increases in self-reported physical health and mental health. Um, so I do expect that the Medicaid expansion, to the extent that it is implemented across the country, could really improve their access to care. But that really depends on um, the service delivery system and providers being able and willing to um, take more Medicaid enrollees. And that depends on re reimbursement and a whole set of other issues. So I would say the gains are not um, assured, but that if the coverage expansion occurs and uh, if attention is paid to access and quality of care, uh, that you could see improvements in outcomes. And I'd say from the kid perspective that the focus on covering adults and parents 
could have really positive spillover effects on kids' lives uh, since we know that kids who are being parented by depressed moms, especially young kids, um, don't thrive and do as well to the extent that the health insurance coverage expansion, which includes mental health benefits, improves the extent to which uh, parental mental health needs are met that could affect uh, kids' lives in positive ways. Dr. Kenny, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Chicago Policy Radio, a production of the Chicago Policy Review and the University of Chicago. Our podcast is produced and edited by Claire O'Hanlon and David Levine. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ryan Gee. Special thanks this week to Jillian Kindle and Matt Gee. You can find us at www.chicagopolicyreview.org and on iTunes, or email us at media at chicagopolicyreview.org. Thanks for listening, and join us next time. <laughs>